episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can to help DJs only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, and get a 50% deposit match. And we're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the app store and use the promo code SGP for an instant deposit match up to 50 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. And we're also brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to style your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. All right, welcome everybody. Huge Masters week. Uh, you know, listen, Masters is over, but guess what? It goes on, baby. There's money to be made. There's edges to be found, and here we are. So uh, it's Boston Capper with uh, Steve, the God of Golf himself, Sherman. Steve, what's up, baby? Let's uh, let's let's talk about the weekend. Oh, I'm ready to right get back on the horse and uh, you know do some betting, do some DraftKings. But yeah, I I, I think there, there's a lot to unpack with the. Re- with the masters, uh, coming after this. And, uh, I mean, I, all, all finances aside, I think most people in the golf world are really happy that Dustin Johnson won another major and one, and one yeah, of the masters yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, like he he's been, it's, it, it's, it's a debate between Rory and him as the best player of the decade. Right. As far as guys who just like they dominated and you know, they just like, like there, there's certain guys I feel like when they're just in complete control, yeah, like just, it, it just, just run away. It, yeah, exactly. And it's Rory and it's DJ. And and what we saw on DJ on Saturday was just it's so fun <laughs> to see him just it it just effortless. It's it it it's insane. <laughs> like it Dude. really is. It, he's like he looks. Oh, was he frustrated at that shot? And then it shoots, and it's like man, he's three feet to the pin. Like, 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 is he happy? Is he sad? We don't know. Like, I don't think right he missed there. a, I don't think he missed a fairway on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like everything was just, it was a long swing and just this baby cut. And then it just landed softly. Like he was just, I think every tee shot, he just picked up the tee yep. and just strutted down the fairway. Oh, it was so good. good to watch. And then that's why I was just, so, I, so everybody knows I had a big top 10 bet on DJ yep. and I, I was watching on Thursday. Cause I want, I wanted to bet it live. So I was able to get JT, you know, like 14 to one live. I was going to get Rama, you know, 13 to one live. And then I was just waiting for that DJ number to drop. I wanted to get it below 10 to one. And it just, it never did. The books never adjusted past eight to one. And I missed on that outright. And that was a guy, I mean, I was really high on TJ uh, coming into the tournament. I really was jealous of a lot of guys in the Slack channel. I had outright tickets on DJ yeah. and I missed the party. But you know what? I mean, I think a lot of people that uh, took our advice, uh, they were on DJ pretty heavy, whether in DraftKings or that outrights or something like that. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, it just it got a little rocky on Sunday, and uh, that's why I took a little bit of a loss. I, uh, <laughs> I I wet my pants a little bit. I thought I was seeing deja vu uh, when he dumped in the bunker on two. Um, I was like, uh oh, this is uh, Pebble Beach all over again. This is the PJ Championship all over again, and uh, I I think. I think when he figured out 
that JT wasn't coming. Rom wasn't coming. JT's Rory was never, too far JT's back. JT's never coming. Oh, we'll we'll talk about JT versus Rom. By the way, you got to pay up. All right, that's fine. Listen, I don't care. I still had the right golfer. Like I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care. Like I'm. I don't right. know. I don't know if you had the right golfer, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to those guys. But I mean, listen, like I, I think once DJ realized, he probably saw the scoreboard. He's like, all right, Cam Smith. I mean, played great. Not oh, going back. He, dude, he played he, awesome. He, he was seeing Sung Jay almost hit it on the hosel every iron shot and sprayed all over the place, and then getting up and down from everywhere. He's like, all right, he's not doing. It. And then he calmly birdied, I think six. He buried seven, and that was that was it. I mean, he just it was it was cruise control there was, after that. There was, was no drama on the back nine. How no. awesome was it on eighteen when he when he put it to six inches and just walked up and tapped it in instead of letting everybody else putt and have his dramatic moment? No, he just walked in and put it in the cup. No, he pulled a he pulled a Brooks Kepka. He pulled a Kepka from uh in in twenty eighteen PGA. He did that too. Like Adam Scott had like ten yeah. feet left for like bogey or something, yeah. and Kepka just like finished out. Just to, just I love it. Moment. I loved it. Seriously, yeah. I love that. I listen. So. Like you said, anybody who knows, listen. I, I'm a big DJ guy. I'm jealous too that for some some reason I just completely blind spotted him this week. Uh, uh, he was super chalky on DFS uh, because he was 10K. Uh, look, I had him in DFS. I didn't have enough of him clearly, uh, and I just I, I just ignored him in in outright. <laughs> and the same thing with you. Like, all right, when's that number gonna drop? It's not gonna drop. Okay. No, all right. The books I'm, are smart. I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and double down on Rom. All right, let me sprinkle a little bit more Brooks. Yeah, no, no, just uh, just just not great. This is not great. <laughs> So let's so let's play a quick uh, game over under because that, that's what every podcast and everything does. Like every time someone wins a major, they're like, "All right, how many more majors does this guy win?" So, all right, over under two and a half more majors for DJ. Two and a half? Because what is he? He's, he's is he? So he's thirty six. He's my age. A little younger, actually. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got a long swing, so kind of like with Phil, like that could yeah carry for a while. And he's got another one coming right up in April. We'll get a condensed season. I mean, fuck it. I'll take the over, man. I'm a DJ guy. Whatever. Let's see. I, I think he can get to five majors. All right. I think I'm going to take the under. I think he's got two more in them. And I mean, cause I just, yeah, I mean, that hook, the hook was tough. <laughs> well, I mean, we sit here after everyone. They're like, all right. So like after 2019, we're probably like, all right, how many more majors is Kepka going to win? Right. You know? like, is he going to get to eight or something? And I mean, he's, I mean, he played good now, but like he's, He's got some issues, you know, with with his health and everything, and I, I think he's got to get that in order. I mean, we said the same thing about Spieth after the Open Championship, and where is he right now? Uh, and I mean, made the cut. Listen, we were, we were all happy that he finally made the cut. We yeah, did, we did. But I mean, we honestly, honestly, I, I didn't think about him for a single second over the weekend. It just no, he, he was irrelevant. No. So, no. and then after, I mean, after I, made the cut, I was like, yeah, Spieth, and back to nothing. And listen, I mean, like Rory hasn't won a major in six years. So, I mean, that puts it in perspective too. I mean, there's, a, I, I think the bottom line is, listen, I, I think the fact that DJ hasn't won a PGA yet is just criminal. Like he he's built for one of those events. I mean, they're all basically long golf courses. They're soft. They have deep rough. I mean, it's, it's a bomber's paradise. I, why he doesn't have three already. I don't know. So he's probably going to win that one. I mean, he probably has, I mean, he's got the U S open at Tory next year. I mean, that's, Another DJ setup. I mean, that could be pretty good. I don't know if he's ever going to win an open championship, though. I know he's come close, but it just that doesn't seem like it. So, but um, I sneak another Masters in. I mean, look at some of these guys. I mean, he's only like you said, he's thirty six. Like, before he turns forty, can he sneak another one in? Did he finally figure this out? Like, I feel like the biggest thing for DJ now is that he's taking like he still plays quick, right? But he's taking so much time on these putts and. 
he's so much better on the greens now. And I would be so much better on the greens if I triple putted a major away too. Right. Well, that, well, that, that's a good point. Cause there, there was a, and this, this is going to lead us to our next topic. And there was a debate about, you know, the guys who are comfortable reading their own putts, you know, like field putting. And then the guys who are just deep in the greens books. And that leads us to the big boy, Bryson DeChambeau. And, uh, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make excuses. I, I took up a lot of oxygen talking about, uh, Bryson. Uh, I, uh, have carpal tunnel typing about all the ways he's going to win. And I mean, I, I think the logic was sound and I, I don't think the reason why he just blew up in spectacular fashion is because the strategy didn't work. It, he played terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, it was, this was not the guy who dismantled Wingfoot and made it just look like child's play out there. And, and I think what, what broke him, I mean, it started out great. Like when he bombed the tee shot on 10 and then put the, and then put his, a wedge to three foot. I'm like, here we go. Just you know, rock and roll. Baby. Just a three foot putt. I, I'm like, Bryson is going <laughs> to shoot 60 today and it's going to be over. And then he missed the putt. And I think, I think that rocked him. I think, I think that made him uncomfortable because he didn't have his trusty little binky, the green dream book. And he missed a, he missed a real shorty. I mean, that I know it's, I, I know it's, that in. I know it's downhill. I know it's, but the greens were not slippery. It was still Thursday. They were wet. Right. It, it just, it, that was a bad putt. And then the very next swing he took, he blasted off the planet yeah. on 11, which I'm not sure why you take driver there. I, I it just, it doesn't seem like to me, it seems like he can put a three wood out there far enough and you don't really want to put it too far anyways. Cause you're, you're hitting to the green on a side slope. And I mean, there's big trouble left. I, I don't like, I didn't like that strategy of it. And then obviously we saw what happened on 13 and then you know, the next day he kind of battled back and then on three losing the ball like that. I mean, that was, that was bullshit to begin with. <laughs> I mean, how, how did no one you know see the ball and where it landed? But I, I think at that point he quit and he mentally checked out and yeah, maybe it's just, it, it was tough, but I think we have to keep in perspective that Bryson had his D game. He played terrible. And I think any other golfer probably finishes plus four plus five. Oh, and yeah. what he fin- what he finished T twenty four. Yeah, yeah. He still he, and he still scored okay for DK. He didn't score okay for his fucking price. Well, right? because I, because of how far he hits it, he gets so many birdies. And like I mean, he like when he does connect on that wedge, you know, he puts it three feet and hits the putt. But I mean, there were so many times when he would bomb it down the fairway, had the perfect drive, and he would dump a wedge over the green order bunker. Yeah. Or he would set himself up perfectly for a three or four foot putt, and he misses it. It just, I I, I think he needs to figure out and be comfortable not having a greens reading book, which you know what, if he doesn't ever do that, then maybe he just isn't right for the masters. Cause I yeah. think, I think, I think the people that were chant Chan, yeah, there's something with this greens reading book that like, if you take it away, it's going to affect them. Clearly that there's something to but it. Clearly. I mean, there is, I, yeah. mean, I, mean, I mean, obviously short sample size, but I also think that we read too much into what he did at Wingfoot because he didn't run away with that fucking thing until Sunday. No, he didn't. But I mean, he beat you the field by like seven strokes. That day. Okay. But that's all. That was only one day. He was right. In, he wasn't even in the lead. After, then then after you know what? The, then the takeaway probably is if it's a scorable golf course where a lot of people can make birdies, he's got less of an advantage than one where it's just, he can put it somewhere where it's just impossible for everybody else. Right. And only he can hit the green. Right. Maybe that's a takeaway. So we look at next year, the Augusta, if it's a little harder conditions, right. maybe that would be a little more self or like if he played firm 
maybe that is more to his advantage. Yeah, I man, think when we get to like these guys, like you see some of these guys taking like five irons and you're like, there's no way that there's no way that's holding the green. And then which it just stuck on the green. You're like, there's no way that should do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why we saw kind of a bigger variety on the leaderboard, just because all the shorter hitters were hitting so far back, but they're still able to hold the green, hold the like, green. Yeah. And I, I think the delays didn't help because they couldn't run this. They don't run the sub air during the rounds. And then they had the delays that carried over the next morning. They can't run the sub air really because it's unfair. Right. So the green just stayed stopped. I mean, there was craters and the, those greens were looking oh rough God. by the end of the, by the end of the round. I mean, it looked like a muni, like the 12th green was a disaster by the end of Saturday. So, I mean, I, I think there's some things to take away. I mean, you know, maybe he can look at how he did from last this year, maybe going towards April. I still think, I still think the strategy can work, but I think I've learned my lesson that he, if he's six to one, seven to one, he, he can't bet that. And, and, and we talked it, about that. Yeah. We, we, talked about I, that. we ended up coming yeah. to the same place. But I, there's definitely some things I regret. Oh so. yeah, no, no doubt, no, no, definitely not. I, I have way too much exposure in DK, and let's, listen, he wasn't the problem. Okay, <laughs> coke rack and <laughs> fucking posted, and the guys like that were the problem. Who I got stuck on, and I will get stuck on. I will get stuck on guys like that, and I just won't let go. And I'll have like seventy-five percent. I'm like, all right, all in or all out. And uh, this time, all out. Thanks, go crack. Well, it, it. at least your uh, little unicorns uh, actually stayed around for the second round. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. My, my guy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was. So I was high on what Eric Van Royen. He was one mm-hmm. under, going to sleep, and then he was five over waking up. So I, I hope it's a legitimate injury or he just. Walked. I mean, if he just walked up the course, I mean, it's, that's no good. That's no good. So, we don't know. so, all right. So, so your two biggest disappointing players are, so who's your biggest disappointment for the, for the week? Is, uh, is it co-crack? Well, for, for financial reasons, yes. Co-crack. <laughs> right. But I think the biggest disappointing player, like mentally and, and financially for me was Rom. Like, I don't know, man. He just seemed he seemed to be right there after Friday, right? He seemed to be right there after Friday. He was lurking. And then all of a sudden just fell apart, right? Just fell apart. Couldn't get it back. And I'm like, man, what happened, man? Like, come on, man. Like you're supposed to be in my brain. You're the guy who can go out and chase the big dog, right? Like he, he's a big dog to me. And I was just, I was severely disappointed with what he, how he showed up on Saturday and Sunday, like really like, and then all right, fine. You had a bad uh, Saturday show up on Sunday and do something, but you go minus one on, on Sunday. Like, come on. Like, well, I mean, the biggest problem is he, he seems to always have a miss hit on eight. I mean, so last year he was the shank and then this year he cold top on, no, man. and then he went off the tree into the bushes. I mean, that just, the I mean, I, 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 I was, I was impressed. He was able to battle back after that. I think the old John Rom just, Shoots a snap the club and just goes. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I agree with you. Just I mean, he was right there. And right there. he he just he didn't really have it up until eight and then just blew it there. Uh and then Sunday he didn't have it either. Nothing. So nothing on Sunday. I expected something on Sunday. Like, come on, man. Like, all right, you're a little bit out of it now. Try to get up into the top five. And maybe, maybe it's because he knew he didn't have a shot. He didn't give a shit on Sunday. Like, what's another 300 grand of that guy. Like, I don't know, you know, Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think in the same vein, like, you know, our little personal bet here, I, I mean, I I'm really disappointed in JT. Um, if he can't at least contend after that, I mean, like what happened Saturday on the back night was just inexcusable. 
just bogeying three or four. He'd put himself out of the tournament there. He had some really bad shots and he's an R one of these guys that like uses the green reading book too. And he struggled putting as well. And I mean, if J and you know, a lot of people point to how he struggles at, at Augusta national. And if JT, I know it's his best finish, but if he was basically a non-factor after yeah. he blew up and if he can't really contend for the win, uh, and I know DJ shot 20 under, but he, did, he wasn't even close like Cam Smith or Sungjae. If JT right. can't contend for the wind in those weather conditions, there's no, way there's no wind. No it way. is soft as hell. Yeah. He's never won the masters. I'm just calling it right there. Yeah. I, I, it just, maybe it's just not for him. Yeah. So and, and look, he's, he's still got some years too. I mean, think about it. I mean, th- look, DJ's what? 36. We already said, right. So maybe he becomes a, a, a more tactician golfer, right? Like I feel like DJ has changed his game over the last couple of years and is focused on his bad points. Right. So maybe JT gets a little more mature, realizes, all right, this is where I'm at. This is what I can do because DJ didn't take driver off all these things. Like he was hitting the driver hitting the three wheel. We needed to club down and he played the course beautifully. He really yeah. did. Like he played it beautifully. So maybe, you know, uh, maybe JT can come to that. I wouldn't write JT off. Can't write the masters yet. I mean, it's, he, it's, 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 it's a little overreactive, <laughs> but I, I will say though, I, I think with these guys that are, they're, if they're just so deep in the greens reading books, they got to yeah. get, they no, got to no, start I, having a little listen, I, I, I he's def- one of those guys. Oh, listen, I definitely think that's a thing. Like, especially after this, like, uh, like, all right. So maybe I discounted a little bit and just like, I discounted too much, like old man strength, right? Like when you're 18, you think you can fight a fucking 35 year old and then the 35 year old knocks your ass out. Uh, yeah. You didn't realize the 35 year old has been in twice as many fights as you have and you're too aggressive and, uh, he's going to catch you on the chin when you throw that huge haymaker, right? Like, I mean, that's just it. Like the masters old man strength matters. Old man strength matters. There's no other way to put it. Like, there's no way guys like Cooch and all these other fucking guys can somehow still play this course really well. It experience matters, and I discounted that way too much. I thought it would have been different in 2020 with no patrons, less stress, blah, 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 different course conditions. Whatever I talked myself into was wrong. That's it. Like, like, like am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. So Jada Golf actually put out an article before the Masters that you peak with your total strokes gained accumulated at the masters between your sixth appearance and your 12th appearance. And I think that was appearance number nine or 10 for DJ. So right in the sweet spot there. And I I think, I mean, you're right there. I mean, there's two majors where you got to have experience and composure. Like it's, it's not really a young man's game unless you're speed. I mean, he's when he was in 15, 17, like he was anomaly, but so masters, you know, it just, you got to have, you know, experience with the course and just, you gotta have your battle scars. You gotta be able to, you know, fight through adversity. Right. And the same thing, the open championship too. It's, it's just a different style of golf. You gotta be able right. to adapt to the, you know, the changing conditions, roll the punches. That's, you know, those are those ones. I think, you know, the young man's game is the U S open. Cause that's yeah. mostly just about pure power right. and talent and the PGA it just, it's basically just a WGC mm-hmm. with their, you know, with their golf course setup, so <laughs> I love I love how much you hate that. I do. I I, I, do. I mean, there's a reason why the PGA is just. I know. If if you look at look at all the future sites of the U.S. Open, and look at all the future sites of the PGA coming up, and tell me which one is more prestigious. Okay, listen, listen, I'm not arguing with you. I just I just get the enjoyment of getting to watch your face just snarl up as soon as you say it. <laughs> It makes me happy. I like it. Sorry. Um, all right. Any, uh, uh, I guess, uh, any big surprise like that you were happy with 
that um, I mean, guys that there, caught your eye? I mean, there's a couple of surprises I wasn't happy with. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll take that, I take would, that approach I, negative. Steve. I had I had a big bet on under 64 and a half and yeah. a low score. Yeah. And if you told me there was going to be a guy that gets to minus 20, <laughs> there are going to be two guys behind him at minus 15. There was going to be probably 10 or 11 guys or double digits on a par. I would have bet my mortgage that somebody shot 64 that week and no one did. And it's not like it wasn't close. There were a lot of guys. A lot, close. Of, a lot of guys close. I mean, I mean, there were three sweats on, <laughs> on Friday, on Thursday. I yeah. mean, I know, I know Paul Casey was seven under heading to the eighth, the par five there. He wasn't going to make that fucking yep, putt. Couldn't do it. it. Dylan Frite- <laughs> a couple hours later, Dylan Fratelli, uh, boy. rolled through there at seven under. Uh, yes. Your boy. I kind of poo pooed that. It's <laughs> good. Good on you. Uh, he couldn't close the deal. Uh, DJ pretty much all of Saturday seemed like he was sitting on seven under. <laughs> he was just hanging out. It was like, was it was like, we were on, it was, we we're on 58 watch. Uh, and was it Boston? We we're on 58 watch with him. Yeah. And him, him and Scheffler. And yeah. the the back nine, he just like made one birdie. We were like, "What the fuck, man! You just you sweet fucking seven under on the first nine. <laughs> I know. And, and I knew looking at the weather report on Sunday because the wind's gonna kick up. I'm like, it's no shot. And which leads me to my other oh. big, uh, not good surprise. The bet I love. The pin on the bet 16. I loved and the pin placement. What the hell was that? I don't know. You gotta call your boys at the PGA, man. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not the PGA. I gotta call the Green. You know what I mean? God damn it. Yeah. So I mean, I I think. The only explanation I have for why they didn't put it in the bowl is because there were no fans and that's why they do it. I mean, they give the people what they want. It's a carnival act and they want to get the crowd, you know, all cheering for the whole <laughs> one. And if there's no, there's no crowd, then why should we have a whole one? They just put a regular pin up in the shelter. I just, <laughs> it, you, you have so many like graphics saying the tradition continues and you're right. like, you, you show the traditional pin placement on 12 and the traditional <laughs> pin placement on two. And then you got Vern saying, well, this is a non-traditional pin placement 16. I'm like, Oh, go fuck yourselves guys. I just lost a ton of money on that. So I, I, I so the books cleaned up probably. Uh, I don't, think Oh, they the definitely fucking cleaned. Up. I don't think I was going to have that angle, but I think was there a hole in one all tournament. No, there wasn't. I mean, cause like I said, there right. will never be a hole in one on right. any other hole besides yeah. 16 on Sunday. Cause yeah. it just, it just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, the last one that was not 16 on Sunday was Charlie Hoffman back in like 2013 on hole number six. Yeah. Um, next year when there's fans, well, we'll see if there's fans, but not, if you would be, yeah, but if, if there are fans allowed on the, you know, allowed on the premises, uh, they're gonna put that pin right there and you bet I'm going to try to get my money back. <laughs> Double down, baby. We'll just go with the progressive black uh, <laughs> uh, roulette theory. Let's just keep go. pressing. Keep pressing. Okay. Uh, so my biggest, my biggest takeaway for like a surprise was uh, Rory, man. Like Rory looked like shit on Friday, but that dude battled back. He did. That 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 was uh, when they had the kick. And like it, that gives me a little glimmer of hope to be like, all right. Like because we disregard him, I'll sprinkle him in on my DFS all the time, like five percent or whatever, just in case. But I don't know, man. I kind of like that what he did this weekend, like completely out of it, like on what it seemed like on Thursday, and he battled back on the weekend and he looked good. Yeah, but he this is good. what he does. That's why he backdoor top tens at all these majors. I mean, he he up getting there at, at by Saturday. Usually he waits till Sunday to really you know sneak in the back door there. But yeah. I mean, so it. I mean that that shot he had in sixteen when they 
pan the cam. I mean, it was great. They pan the camera on and they, Mike Spinner was like, "It's so bad, man." Like it just—it was, just, it was. It was. That he, is, he chunked that is, is in the pot. That is the worst. Yes. Worst. We've I all been—we've we, all been there. But I mean, yeah, you're right. He battled back, and I mean, I—I—I I, I can't take that seriously because I have seen that okay. happen. So, I mean, there's been a lot of times I have bet a lot of top ten on Rory's, and he's out of it on Thursday, and then I have cash in on Sunday because he just sneaks from behind. And I don't gets know. There, but. So, and I agree with you, man. At least it's the same reason I always, I always poo poo Rory, right? Like, uh, I, but I feel like for some reason, I don't know why, whatever. Like, I just feel like this time was different and maybe he can shake it. I don't know. Maybe he can shake it. Maybe he can't. Uh, I'll be thinking about that in April though. I definitely right. think about that in April. And then Munez, well, Munez for the young cat, man. Like that dude showed up to play, been riding him all since the restart. And very happy with Munez's uh, performance, Ben. I, I was too. I wasn't happy. I got dead heat on the top twenty uh, at the end there. Yeah. But you know what? Listen, still made a little money on it. It's all good. And uh, no, I mean, I, I think with uh, with a lot of these guys, I mean, there's a couple of big names in this field, but uh, this is gonna be the last time we see them till at least Kapalua. Yeah. And for a lot of them, like we're not gonna see Rory till probably Tory Pines. So mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna say goodbye because um, you know, Tiger's tournament isn't happening. That's usually just an all-star event. That's yeah. not happening. Uh, most of these guys are probably aren't going to Mexico uh, for the Mayakoba. And then it's Kapalua next year. And then, yeah, away we go. So, you know, probably Bryson. Well, we'll see Bryson and Kapalua. But yeah, a lot of these guys just, they're going in the mob, you know, going in the, going away for a little bit. Going for a little bit, playing their home courses, uh, hanging home vacation, out, you know, trophy wives, stacking their thousands. And living the life. <laughs> the um, all right. Well, listen. Uh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Just give us a course breakdown, man. Let's uh, let's talk about what we're gonna look at this week. Masses in the books. This is how we're gonna make money this week. What have we got? Yeah. So we're moving. Uh, so it's, it's kind of weird that this the timing of this. You know, because usually when the Masters is in April, they just make a quick trip over to Harbor Town, uh, to uh, Hilton Head there for the yeah. the uh, the Heritage. And I mean, we're playing at basically the same type of town, just this little like beachside. You know. Re- area, um, you know, right, you know, on the coast of Georgia there in uh, sea Island for a very similar type golf course as Harbor town, just kind of rewards the same thing. So, so we're going to seaside. Uh, it's gonna be played over two courses. Uh, three rounds are going to be played on the seaside course. Uh, one round played on plantation course. So do we we'll know what day, do we know what day plantation is going to be played yet? Well, it's, it's, it's split. So half the field is going to play seaside and plantation first day. And then they just switch it the second day. It's kind of okay. like with Tor- with Tori, they play the North course and the South course. Okay. 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 Got in the South. Yeah. So seaside course, uh, it's a pretty old course, uh, built in 1926 by Walter Travis. Uh, he's a famous scars, Scottish architect. Uh, he won a couple of us amateur championships. Uh, unfortunately the poor guy, uh, died in the middle of building it. So then they brought in a guy named Harry Colt who you probably know from building Royal Liverpool, Royal Portrush. I mean, he's one of the most famous architects yeah. in history and he, and he built a wonderful golf course uh, right on the sound of sea Island there. Uh, he built a couple of nine hole courses though. It wasn't all connected. And then Davis love because he's uh, you know, he's synonymous with the area and he's a, uh, you know, sea Island's favorite son uh, pumped a lot of money into the club. And he hired Tom Fazio in 1999 to basically just, you know, restore renovated to the old Harry court cold uh, style. And, you know, Fazio, I mean, I, I kind of rip on him. Some of the golf courses he does, they're kind of a little boring, but he, he did a really nice job with the seaside course. So he, he, uh, he merged the seaside course and the Marseille course into one 18 hole track. 
Um, he renovated some bunkers. Uh, he moved a little bit of earth, um, you know, created some clamshell bunkers. He shrunk the green sizes, um, add some exposed waste areas off the fairways. Um, it's a, it seems like a really good golf course. It seems like a really hard golf course for amateurs. You know, there's a lot of wind coming off the bay there. Uh, and there really is no place to miss it. If you miss the fairway, the fairways are kind of wide, but you know, if you hit anything offline, it's either in a marsh and a waste area. It just, it's, it's not good news. So, um, you know, it's definitely not a very easy track for us hacks. And then uh, the second course is a plantation course. So um, up until a couple of years ago, it was basically a little bit like the seaside course and Davis love decided and he's a big fan of Scottish architecture. He wants to renovate it. So he basically transformed the entire golf course. If you look at it on Google earth between, you know, where it was, what it is now, I mean, it is completely different and it's pretty cool what they did. You know, they put a lot of Scottish principles into it. Uh, a lot of, you know, ye quirks into it. So, you know, they, you know, reduce the fairway sizes. Um, they made the bunkers a little more geometrically shaped instead of like round or puzzle shaped. Uh, they squared off the greens too. That's, you know, more of the traditional Scottish style. They add these things called chocolate drop mounties. Basically like if you take like Hershey's kisses and put them right in the middle of the fairways randomly, uh, that's a big hallmark with Scott Scottish links, uh, golf. Those are all over the golf course. They put a principal's I, nose. I would like cup. Hershey kisses in the middle of the fairways. That would, <laughs> that would maybe, maybe that would incentivize my fat ass to hit it to the fairway. instead of the rough. <laughs> there you go. Uh, then you put a principal's nose bunker complex on 10. That looks pretty cool. So, I mean, it's a really cool design. Unfortunately, I don't think PJ tour live ever goes over there just because there's some budget cuts. I think they only focus on the seaside course. So we're not going to see a whole lot of it, but you know, if you ever go down there um, and you can play it, if you stay on the resort, I would definitely go play that one. That seems like pretty cool. So just overall though, the, you know, the style of profile, you know, style of golfer in order to pick this week, it's pretty similar to, you know, what you see like heritage or um, you know, it's mostly just accurate hitters. Right. Um, because you know, missing the fairway is a big penalty. It's not a very long course. So it, um, you know, brings a lot of shorter hitters into play. So they kind of rewards more of their accuracy off the tee instead of just bomb and gouging. You can't really do that here. Uh, iron play is important too, just because it, this tournament does turn into a little bit of a birdie fest and the greens are pretty receptive. Um, if you look at some of, you know, the greens regulation percentages of a lot of the players, they tend to be a lot higher than the average, uh, on tour. Um, scrambling isn't all that important this week, but there's some pretty tough areas around the greens, a lot of tight lies. So, and it's going to be a little windy this week too. So it's supposed to be really did, windy this week, isn't it? I've seen 10 to 20 miles per hour. I mean, the forecast might change a little bit. So yeah, I mean, there's probably going to be some guys missing greens a little more often than what they usually do. So, you know, chipping off a tight Bermuda, you know, we saw that last week at the masters, it's pretty trickery. So, you know, if you had. You know, if you, if you're a good scrambler, it's, that might help you a little bit too. And then at the end of the day, I mean, usually the scores, the winning scores around, you know, upper teens under par. I mean, just based on where everything is nowadays, probably gonna be 20 under at least. So you got to have a little bit of, you know, some upside with your putters. So accurate hitters, good iron players, good putters, guys who scramble a little, you know, pretty well, like a lot of the tacticians, you know, this is for them. And I mean, if you notice like the type of guys who consistently do well here, it's your Webb Simpsons, it's your Jim Furyk's, Graham McDowell's, Kevin Kisner's, Matt Kuchar's. I mean, those are the guys that consistently lead total strokes gain on the field, just overall compared to everybody else. So, I mean, a, can a bomber win here? Yeah, but they can't play their own game. So, right, so they know, have to adapt. Right. And that's never all that great. <laughs> I, so, I feel like I feel like bombers don't adapt. <laughs> no, they don't. They just want to keep you know pounding everywhere. And and there's a lot of those. I mean, this field is generally pretty weak. There's some good names in this field, but oh yeah, there's some. 
but it's a pretty weak field. And most of the weaker players have to get by on their accuracy right. on their putting. And a lot of these guys are pretty cheap. So there's going to be some interesting names. We talk about under 7,000 that you really go dumpster dive in and kind of get as much upside as someone maybe in like the $8,000 range. Yeah. I'm going to, I usually love dumpster diving this week, man. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm kind of a little lost. I, I, I mean, I, I've literally like listened to nothing else <laughs> like nothing. Like I just, I was super busy yesterday, super busy today. And, uh, and just off my own, like last I got home from work and I was like, all right, babe, I'll see you after the podcast tonight. <laughs> so like, other, oh, than, like I, other than like the last like three hours, man, like, I don't know. You sent me that text earlier. Like, I, I want you to guess who my chalky guy is in the seven range. And I'm like at work, like, all right, that's going to be a later thing. Uh, it looks like I, a lot of chalk down here. <laughs> I, I got, a, I got a couple guys at 6,200, 6,100 that are right up your alley. No way. Oh yeah. All right. Listen, you're making me hide right now. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> all right. 6,200. Oh, all right. Anyway. All right. Listen, before we get to the draft Kings, uh, we got to let you know that we are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boost lightning deals and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey day right around the corner, there really is no time to feast on some NFL action. Uh, whether you're a first time customer or have been playing my bookie for years. There is no shortage of value to be found in thousands of line games, unique props, uh, contests that they offer every week, sign up and get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet and get paid. And they also boast a fully fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table slot and CAD games you expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is my bookie, the doors never close. So you can continue to build your own bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. So make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do use promo code SGP to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. Terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they'll match you another hundred in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie. So come on in and join the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right. You done breaking your camera. <laughs> yeah. We had a little bit of technical staff. We're all, we're all good. <laughs> Threw me off. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Going for a ride. No, it's happening. Uh, yeah, all right. Well, that's fun for the listeners. Uh, <laughs> the, um, all right, man. So the 10 K range, 10 K range plus uh, web, Sanjay, Fleetwood, Hatton, Hamley. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's almost impossible. If you're paying a cash game lineup, not to put web Simpson in it, right? It's impossible. It has to be impossible. The guy is built for courses like this. It's Bermuda greens, like accurate golfer plays like heritage. He's going to be Uber chalk, but if you play cash, how can you not do it? And even in tournaments, like, I mean, the upside in the field like this, uh, I mean, dude, his last, oh, what the hell was, I just, I just had it up. What the hell were his last couple finishes? Let's pull it up. I mean, what he hadn't played very well heading into the masters. Nah, so I thought the same thing and then I pulled it up and it wasn't, wasn't that bad, but all right, hang on. So, all right. Well, I mean, look, while you look at that, I mean, listen, I, I agree. Like, I mean, I, I said the same thing about web 10, I, 17, I, 13, 18, 12. I mean, those, some of those are like limited fields. Okay. But at least this is a limited field. No, it's not. It's full field. 
Wow. Well, all right. I mean, I, I see what you mean. Limited field. All right. So listen, like, I'm not going to knock Webb. And I mean, I said the same thing before the Heritage that there are certain golf courses that are built for this guy. One of them is Harbor Town, and Sea Island's the other one. I mean, there's a reason why he's had three top three finishes, lost in a playoffs twice. How he hasn't won one of these things, I'm not even sure. But uh, I mean, he's got the best course history of everyone. He's gained just under two strokes per round on the field. Great putter, great short game. Um, he was struggling a little bit with his irons heading to the masters, which is a little bit of a concern, but he had any 81% of his greens regulation, which it was pretty easy to hit the greens. Cause they were so soft, but that was one of the higher clips in the field. So, right. I mean, he's back clear with his irons. Um, and just based on just the composition of this field, like, I mean, there's a lot of guys who kind of fit this template of what you're looking for, you know, accurate hitters, good putters, maybe, you know, they can get a little higher with their irons a little bit. So a lot of guys are pretty cheap. So you can afford to pay up this week with web. And then, you know, maybe surround with a couple of other solid guys up there and then go dumpster diving and kind of get a solid lineup out of it. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I just don't know how you ignore him, especially in cash and even in tournament. Like, I mean, you gotta at least match the field just in case, you know what I mean? You, you like, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not a Bryson situation. Like it was last week where, you know, he's gonna, you have to decide to full fade or double the field. Right. I feel like Webb isn't like that. And then M I mean, I mean, he's our, he's our, he's our Jekyll and Hyde man. Like he's tough to pin down for me. Uh, Fleetwood still hot garbage. Like I, 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 there's, I, I can't back him. I just can't like, I just, I, I just can't like mm-hmm. he is no uh, Hatton. No. Henley 10, one is fine. Okay. Good form coming in. I guess. I don't know. Uh, All right. I mean, other than web, like this, this 10 K range and with the, so much value in the rest of this field, like, uh, I don't know. See, I, I, I'm still a little more amenable to Hatton. And listen, he was one of my big guys disappointed me last week. And I felt like I was watching a completely different player yeah. than what I had seen coming in. I mean, he only had 58% of his greens regulation. He drove the ball. Okay. But it just, the iron play was just not there. And it was well off what he was doing. Right. So well. at, yeah, it was, but at his core, I mean, listen, still an accurate player, yeah. still good iron player still can get how the putter. He does fit that template. So listen, I mean, maybe the miscut will come up. I mean, and I think it's, it's got to grind him too, that this is his best year. He's ever had as professional best right. year statistically he's ever done. And he missed the cut in all three of the masters. I know. Well, yeah. he missed the cut, the U S open, the PGA and the masters. And I mean, he was playing well going into all those events. Yeah. So, I mean, this is probably his last chance to dance. I mean, maybe he's got, he seems like the type of guy with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's going to recover. I think he's, he's going to enjoy this golf course. I mean, I I'm fine with him. Right. Uh, I mean, so yes, you're right with Henley. The form coming in is unreal. I mean, he's gained 1.8 strokes per round T degree his last four tournaments. I mean that, that right there, if he, if his name was John Rom, you would be all over him. Uh, right. Exactly. And you'd be like, he's going to win. I may, I'm mortgaging my house on this, but because it's Russell Henley, you don't believe it. And there's a little bit of something to that because like, I mean, for yeah. Russell Henley is Russell Henley. This is unsustainable, but right. I mean, you only go off of what you've seen, right? This, he's an accurate player, great iron player. What I worry about is just because this is going to be a birdie fest and what he used to be a really good putter he's and, not and not he's not well. anymore. You know, and he's, he's not good on Bermuda. No, and he isn't. So, I mean, that's a little bit something to worry about. Um, I mean, the only good putting performance he's had recently was at the CJ cup. And mm. other than that though, it's, it's just been either he's losing a little bit. Um, 
you know, maybe gain a little bit. It's, it's not winning upside putting. I mean, can he ball shrink his way to a top 20 finish or a top 10 yeah. finish? Yeah, he absolutely can. I mean, this, he'd agree. this price 10, one, like, I mean, I, if you, I mean, looking down the the line, I mean, we're going to talk about some guys who definitely have serious flaws. I mean, like oh, he at least yeah. gets me there to the green and yeah. I at least know that he can ball strike his way to it. So, I mean, I, I'm still fine using them. Uh, my question marks are with Sung Jay, just because like what you said, yeah. I mean, it's just, and maybe we should have seen this coming. So he has alternate between gaining over a shot T to green and then losing a shot T to green or at least having negative strokes tee to green right. every tournament going back to the U S open and he's played on all of them and yeah. he lost strokes in Houston. So we should have just, you know, got back on the horse, yeah. you know, at Augusta, but here's the thing. So drove the ball. Great at Augusta. I mean like those baby cuts, you said, Oh my God, they were raving yeah. about it. Irons uh, were trash. Little they were swing. really bad. Oh, the you iron know, get bad. Yeah. He, so he was 52nd in the field in greens of regulation percentage. I mean, let's say it's, it's hard to see, like, cause there's no strokes gain data, or at least they don't release us. Like I hear them talking about strokes gain data, like on PGA tour and yeah, stuff like that what about what they're doing, they're but about. they don't release it to us, which is like, just release the data to us. But I mean, but he, but he scrambled really well and he putted really well. And those are two things he actually was struggling in Augusta. So I think there's gonna be a hard regression the other way. And just the fact that like, he was right there. Do you really want to back a guy after the right. major, like kind of a close call the next week? I don't know. I mean, I look at the price too. What is he like? 11,200 yeah, bucks less than 11,000 flat. That's I, hate, I honestly hate this range other than Webb. Like, see, there's, I, warts, I, there's warts on all these guys. Listen, if I want warts, I'll save a thousand dollars and go down. Well, the guy with the biggest warts is Fleetwood. And oh, what, what, why is sucked. he? His this price is an overreaction to the Masters, and he wasn't even that good at the Masters. No. Like he finished T nineteen. And why is he why is he above Hatton? Why is he above Henley? I mean, most of these guys have been better. No, yes, absolutely. Hatton has been such a much better player. Actually, there was a the, when we get to this in the betting segment. Uh, he is so. What's funny is you look at the DraftKings price, and he's the same price. I think it's plus five fifty for top Englishman. Uh, or what, I can't even remember what the hell it is. Whatever, we'll look at it later. But like I, Fleetwood is ahead of Hatton, and I'm like, what? No. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So, so on these matches, I mean, that, that's gonna be a preview. Yeah, Fleetwood is the top Englishman of all of them, and I just I I don't really understand it. Like, I mean, looking at his performance at the Masters, like he was about field average and greens of regulation percentage. He was about field average and fairways hit. I mean, they were very easy greens to hit, very easy fairways to hit, just because it was so soft. But he was ninth in the field in putting. So. If we're looking, I mean, if I'm trying to guesstimate what his strokes gain were, I mean, they probably be like about, you know, zero, maybe losing a little bit, maybe gain a little bit, you know, just here and there, nothing really stand out T to green, but then he's got that big putting number. I mean, that's a guy I want to fade the next week. So I mean, I just, the fact that between the price, his bad form coming into the masters, his overrated performance in general, like, I think just people got excited at seeing him on TV and just, you know, seven under eight under the I next, like him so, I don't understand. Why do people like Fleetwood so much? I don't get it. I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, like, I, I think people, I, don't understand. I, I think people want him to be something that he just, I, well, I don't know. I, I don't he know. Long fucking hair. Who cares? Like, I, I don't get it. It just makes, it makes me so, so I don't get it. He hasn't done. What has he done? What has he won? He's won some good Euro events. Ooh. Gives a shit. Hey, like I, I, I'm I, I'm I, I, brand I, fucking for uh, Sloppy, whatever the hell, Euro coming over. Now, no, I got to dive down to the six grand and go dumpster dive or lie on some, some guy watching some random golf tape that I'll never fucking watch because and he, 
it just makes me so frustrated. All right, e- e- easy, buddy. Don't get triggered. So, all right. So, I mean, so so for me, I mean, obviously, both like Webb. I like Hatton Henley a little more just because I see the ball striking numbers. I'm still willing to go back to you it. Like Hatton Henley better. Yeah, I I do. I mean, just because no, no, Hatton or Henley. Which one? Which one do you like better? Hatton. I I I think I think he's gonna bounce back, and I think Doing he can get What's that? Mitch cut, right? Uh, last week, yes, by a mile. Right. Um, I, I think he's going to bounce back. I think his putty, I, I trust him a little more in the greens in order to score. Basically, get to mid teens under par, you know, upper teens of par to contend. Henley, I'm not really sure about what I'm going to get. And I'm not, I, I don't totally trust that T degree number just because it's so outrageously huge. And I know it's been good all year, but like it's, at some point it ends. But okay. if it continues, I mean, that's obviously something you want to back. I mean, Sung Jay and Fleetwood, I'm just, I, I'm out on, I mean, just Fleetwood. I, I don't like what I'm seeing, you know, with both my eyes and on paper, I don't like the price. And with Sung Jay, I just, you know, I, I think just how he had to ham and egg it around Augusta on the weekend. I just, I, I, I think that gravy train is just going to end. Listen, can't, I can't disagree with that. And the reason I ask uh, what who you like better Hatton or Henley is because it's like, it's like a coin flip. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know which one's going to show up. I, I miss cut. I mean, it's tough to come off. Anyway, all right, let's get into the $9,000 range. We got Fitzpatrick, English, Day, Louis, Lowry, Neiman, and Munez. All right. So who are your, uh, who are your top two picks out of here? Well, I mean, we're going back to another Englishman with Matthew Fitzpatrick. You know, this is the first time he's playing this Illinois. course. And uh, I mean, he, he fit again. He fits the template of somebody you want to look, look for accurate, decent iron player, good putter. Uh, I mean, he started out, the ball striking was pretty good. The first two rounds of the masters kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, I think he's going to look at his golf course and I think he's going to enjoy it. I mean, it's, it fits, it's short rewards, a little more precision. Uh, I think he's going to fit well there. I mean, Harris English, I think he's the sea Island mafia guy. Just, you know, I think everybody's going to go to just cause he's from there. Uh, he's had a couple of weeks off. The ball striking kind of faded a little bit, but you know, maybe he's kind of turned around with his irons a little bit, but you know, he's fairly accurate off tee, decent iron player, good potter, familiar with the area. I mean, he's somebody I like too. And then, I mean, so with Joaquin Neiman, I, I think, I think everybody's going to jump at the T degree numbers. I mean, he's coming back from COVID, but he had been really good coming in couple red flags. Uh, he is not accurate off the tee. No, no, not at all. And you know, he typically puts better on Bermuda on uh bank house and not Bermuda. But I mean, I think if, if he like Neiman, you got to keep in mind too, that he was in the mix of Harbor town about six months ago. I mean, that's a golf course. that didn't seem like it would fit him just because, you know, he's not accurate or anything. And he finished what, like T two. I mean, he lost a little bit of strokes off the, you know, putting that week, but you know, I mean, he still kept together. I mean, so I don't have huge hopes, but I mean, he's at the lower end of this range. You know, like, and I, I mean, like, I, I guess like Minos too, I guess I, I'm a little, I got a little sticker shock with the price. With so, I mean, it's 9,000 bucks. I like, I know he's been playing well, but like, I, I, we've been seeing him in the low, in the 7,000 hour range. I know, but it's, all, it, but, but, but it's all relative, right? I, <laughs> I mean, it, when's the bubble going to burst on him? Yeah. I mean, listen, maybe it won't. Maybe he's just a young kid. Who's really good. Right. Maybe. But so, I don't know. So, uh, all right. So, so your, your favorite two are who fits and probably, uh, probably Fitzpatrick in English just because I, I think, I mean, I, I think there's a, I think there's a great opportunity to do stars and scrubs and just because of a lot of cheap options I see down at the bottom. So, I mean, so the guys I'm seeing like, you know, like a hat and like a, you know, Henley, a web, 
Fitzpatrick English. I think you fit, you can fit three of those guys in there and then just go straight to the bottom after that. So, Oh um, my God, I have, you have no idea how excited I am to hear you break down the $6,000 range. Oh, <laughs> like if you, the, give me some, if you give me some gems down here that I can just fucking hang my hat on that I missed. Oh my God. I am so excited. So I, I like fits as well. Uh, I love fits, right? So typically, obviously off brand, like hate English players for lots of good reasons. Right. Uh, but fits, especially if it's going to be windy, kind of tougher conditions, even a birdie fest, uh, he can still, he can still compete in those environments. And I also like Shane Lowry, man, the good Irish, right? The Southern Irish. He's not from Northern Ireland. He's a good Irish, right? So, and he just showed that he can, he can compete and he looked really good over the weekend, man. Like he did Lowry looked good. Like as fat as he is, uh, as weird as he hits the ball, he still looks like he hits the ball. Okay. Right. So I like, uh, Lowry at 9,200. I like Fitz at 9,900. Um, and listen, I- I'm still going to ride the train with my boy Munez, man. Listen, that dude showed up at the masters, man. Like uh, that was lots of pressure under that. The kid showed up. He played really well. Uh, listen, I've been riding them since the restart. There's no reason for me to stop riding them uh, uh, now. Right? Like, I just think the kid's good and, and I believe in his play. So uh, those are my plays from there. So as we get to the 8,000 uh, range, we got uh, Canadian Corey Connors. We got uh, Fratelli. We got Kokrak. We got kids. We got Harmon. We got Rose. We got Poulter. Uh, CH three, Mackenzie Hughes, Redmond and Zach Johnson. And, uh, so, I mean, I guess my three plays out of here, I think I'm going back to the well with Corey Connors. I was hiding him last week. Uh, I mean, he kind of did me proud on that. Uh, he, he showed up. Well, the contrarian in me wants to go back to Coke rack because he burned so many people, including yours truly literally fucked like 80% of my lineups. Cause I was stupid and put them in 80% of my lineups. Um, but, uh, I think Coke rack at 8,700, uh, you know, discount last week's guy still had great form, uh, coming in. Uh, everybody's going to be off him this week. Literally everyone's going to be off him. So, uh, and because it's a short knock occur course and Listen, I always love kids on uh, on short courses. So uh, I think kids would probably be my third favorite out of here. And I guess Mackenzie Hughes, just because he can pot his face off, but I'm not sure how he does on Bermuda. I haven't researched that enough to have an opinion, uh, but that would be somebody who would stand out to me if we're going to do a birdie fast and somebody who can uh, knock it in from 40 feet consistently somehow. Um, so those are my guys. What about you? I mean, like the, you got these short knockers that kind of fit the profile. So you're Brian Harmon's, you're Zach Johnson's, Kevin Kisner's. I mean, those are obviously the same vein of player. Uh, I mean, as far as recent form, I mean, Harmon and Johnson have been a lot better as far as their ball striking than Kisner has and just their overall form. Uh, I mean, I think with Kisner, he's been struggling a little bit just because I think he has been playing golf courses kind of suit what his game is, but he played well at Sherwood a couple of weeks ago. You know, you brought him up last week as a guy like for the masters. I didn't like it just because I didn't think the golf course fit him and he didn't play very well. Uh, I mean, I think it, you know, at sea Island, I, I think that's a little better, you know, suited for him too. I mean, Ian Poulter's an our short knocker, you know, he played well on the weekend there. Um, you know, he's a good putter. Um, he, he's never, I don't think he's ever played this course before, but kind of like with Fitzpatrick, I think a lot of the English guys, 
I think most of them are going to enjoy what they see. It's a little bit more of a European style, you know, kind of rewards a little bit what they do better. Um, those guys too. I mean, Redmond's down here too. I mean, on paper, he looks amazing. You know, he's accurate, great iron player. The, the problem with him and it just, I, it, he, to me, he's starting to turn into a better putter version of Victor Hovland, just this great player T to green, you know, accurate. Like he, you want him to be better, but he just has this giant red flag with his scrambling. Like it is, he's one of the worst scramblers in this field. And I know scrambling isn't all that important this week, but like when he misses greens, it is a liability. So I think you just got to keep in mind the temporary expectations. Like, listen, I mean, he's 8,000 bucks. He finished the 17th. That's great. And maybe this is a conversation to have when you want to like take outrights or anything, but like, like I want him to be a little better. And I, and I've like, you know, I bet him at the Bermuda. I bet him a couple times. And just like, he seems like he, he, he makes a run, but just something happens over the weekend because you can't ball strike for four straight rounds and be, you know, perfect at it. You're going to have a bad day. And when Redmond has the bad day, it's because it's he a, can't scramble his way out of it. It's a so, bad day. He, tur- yeah, he it, turns, he turns into missing the green uh, onto into a double bogey on something that should be an up and down. Right. I mean, it's a two stroke difference really when you see him going around the greens. Right. I mean, Right. I mean, he loses about half a show per round scrambling and, and, and considering these are really tight live Bermuda, like surrounds like that, that's not going to go well for him. So, I mean, I, I think you can use him, but I think you just got to temper expectations a little bit of what he actually is. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on Connors. I mean, it kind of comes down to like putting as well, but you know, he's a good iron player. He's one of the most, ac- he's one of the more active he's players. Great. He's yeah, a he's really a good iron player. Yeah, and, and he's got, you know, one of the better course history. He's gained about 0.7 strokes per round in eight rounds there. It really just depends how he putts. So, I mean, you know, that's a good, you know, good, you know, that's a good option too. Uh, as far as guys I'm failing, I mean, I, I co-crack just, this is not the golf course for him. I mean, I, he's the bomb and gouger. And so one of the warnings we gave about co-crack at the Augusta was he was putting at a completely unsustainable rate. Right. And what happened? He was one yeah. of the worst putters. At Augusta. Yeah. yeah. And I even put it on the Slack channel the night before I was like, holy shit. Like everybody's on him. He caught so much steam. Like he's going to be so chalky. Like I, I, I said, I was like, I'm very fucking nervous about this co-crack. And I, and in reality, I should have got off, but I'm a stubborn Irish prick. Uh, so I was like, fuck this shit. I'm right to fuck the rest of them. I'll be okay. Guess, mm. guess, guess who was not right. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah. on call crack. So your boy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so I, I'm not gonna be, I'm just cause I mean, I just, I don't like the golf course fit. I think the putter is probably just crash back to earth. I don't want him. I mean, Dylan Fratelli, really nice story. I think he's going to get blown out to sea at sea Island. Just, I mean, that, <laughs> that, that was, I mean, he was dead last in driving accuracy. I mean, some of those driver swings he had, he looked like a, like he swings a little bit like an eighth handicapper, just like he feels like he comes over the top. Seems like he kind of hits it towards the heel a little bit and then he just blocks it way. Right. Uh, I mean, he, he didn't show a whole lot of signs coming to Augusta that he was actually going to do very well. And I mean, listen, he played great, but I think that gravy train comes in and the fact that Give he the man his due, man, pay the man his money. All right. Listen, he played great, but 8,800 bucks for Dylan for telly. No, thanks. no, no, no. I- there's a reason I didn't mention him. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, so I, so I mentioned, that I think, you know, that most of the Englishmen, I think are going to do pretty well at this golf course. I mean, Justin Rose is the guy who I don't see as doing, he kind of faked away his way around Augusta yeah. as well. I mean, he only had 61% of his range regulation. That was 55th in the field. Hit 68% of his fairways. That was 53rd in the field. Uh, I mean, he putted lights out, didn't have very good form coming into the masters. It was a little bit how he did it at the PGA where he was up in contention, but it was all scrambling and putting. Right. And I mean, 
I guess he could do that again, but like, there's so many penal areas. If you miss the fairway or miss these greens, they just, it's, it's tougher for him. So uh, I'm not buying Justin Rose. And I think, you know, just, I'm going to fade him again. Yeah. Listen, I, listen, I, I backed him last week. He did fine for me for the DK scoring last week. Uh, but I agree with you on that. Like whatever, like <laughs> definitely not this week. I feel like a guy like Rose, like that type of pedigree turns it more on and is a little more focused in for the masters than he is for RSM as well. Right. Right. Does it make sense? Yeah. I, what, what's with all the English guys in this field, by the way, are they having like some sort of like team? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's like the, the, the fuck my life, Boston Capitol. Like I gotta pick, I, I have like, there's no way I can't not pick fucking two Englishmen in my goddamn fucking lineup. I'm gonna, I have to go like this week. Cause I'll light all, like I'm going to light all my money on fire. Like yeah, I have to go like this. They're literally everywhere. You got, you know, I mean, everywhere you got Fitzpatrick Fleetwood. You got, Hatton, you got Rose, you got Westwood, you got Willett, you got Tom Lewis. I mean, is Eddie Pepperell in this field? I mean, why couldn't they fly? Why couldn't they fly Pepperell over? You know, (laughs) oh, Eddie Pepperell. I think I, I, I think I had him as when he did good at that one tournament. I think I had him at like sixty three hundred bucks or something like that. I think he won me some money. I can't remember. Oh yeah, when he showed up at the Open Championship, the final round hungover, and he shot like a sixty like five or something. Yeah, was yeah. thing. <laughs> Put some money in my pocket. That's all that matters, baby. Then 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 I will always like you. Um, God damn, there are a lot of fucking goddamn English players in here, aren't there? They're literally all here this week. I'm not sure why. They literally all are here. Like I'm I'm looking down the list and I'm like. Matt, Matt, Matt Wallace is here too. Maybe this, listen, uh, that's where isn't sea Island. where all like the big, like CEOs fly in and like uh, politicians and like determine economic stuff. Pretty sure there's been a meeting there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, as we go off of the deep state and before we go into the dumpster dive, uh, not quite dumpster dive seven to $7,000 range. Uh, I got to remind you, they were brought to you by thrive fantasy. Come prop up at thrive fantasy this season. Thrive fantasy is a daily sports app for player props with thrive. You can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes and the biggest impact on the game. If it's the NFL, uh, choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. If the NBA, PGA, MLB, and esports, choose five out of 10 available player props to build up your lineup. Uh, each prop is assigned a pl- uh, fantasy value, both over and under based on how likely it is to hit, hit the most props and rack up the most points. And when you share the prize pool thrive has given over $50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over $1.6 million in cash prizes. Use promo code SGP. When you sign up and receive a instant match up to 50 bucks on your first deposit with a four times rollover. Uh, download Thrive Fantasy at the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com, and sign up and prop up today. And do not forget the promo code SGP. Yeah, I like the Thrive. I'm a big fan of the Thrive. Oh, well, yeah, we're definitely going to cover a Thrive lineup. Yeah, yeah, we, we do the Thrive lineup a little later, but I'm yeah. a big fan of it. It's fine. It's like the flippity flop. There's this, this two, this two free spaces this week, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. definitely is. Yeah. As much as I, as much as I hate that long haired hippie from England, like it's a it's a fucking free space. Mm. The, the um. All right. Anyway, seven seven thousand seventy nine hundred. I started off the last one. Why don't you jump off this one? All right. I mean, listen. I I think you're gonna hate this pick, but listen. We're talking about a short knocker. Talk about a guy who was a you know has good course history. And honestly, I was surprised seeing the price down this low for him. And I know he's not playing well, but I think at these golf courses, it's really the only time he can show up now, you know, these like 
harbor towns, these, you know, sea islands, you know, the I am talking about Kucher. I mean, so listen, like, let me try to make the, the point for Kucher. Like, listen, at, at Augusta National, he had no shot last week. I mean, it played long, you know, it just, that that's not really his golf course anymore, but still an accurate player, still can hit the fairway, still can roll in some putts, 7,400 bucks here, got good course history. Like, and, and the last couple of times he's been actually playing these birdie fests, he's done relatively okay. Like, I think he finished T18 of the Northern Trust. That was a birdie fest. Finished T34 out at the Shriners. That was a birdie fest. You know, I mean, at this price, like, I, you kind of know what you're getting here. I, I, I can buy into that a little bit. Um, yeah, I know that you were disappointed with JT Poston last week. But he's 7,300 bucks. And listen, disappointed is not is not the word, sir. Okay. <laughs> disappointed is the word. I. <laughs> I foolishly, it's my own fault. I foolishly listened to, uh, I don't know. After, after I was already on him, I got, I listened to like a couple of things and all of a sudden I was like, oh man, I got some confirmation bias. Like, yeah, posted, definitely posted. Uh, dude, I was like 60% exposed to that dude. 60% to a $6,300 player. First time at the masters. That's not healthy. No, it's not fucking healthy, and I need to be talked out of that type of shit, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking out of it this week. I mean, listen, like he's accurate off the tee. He crushes Bermuda greens. Before he went to the Masters, and he was hitting his irons a little better. So, I mean, I can I see him like just going supernova this week? Yeah, I can see him going supernova at this type of event. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like him this week. Uh, I think the chalky plays, uh, this is not the one I had in mind, but Henrik Norlander, 7,100 bucks. I mean, the course history is awesome here. He's gained about 0.94 strokes per round in 18 rounds. There good iron player, good putter accurate off the tee checks every single box there. You know, I like him. And then, well, hold on, I, hold on, I, I, hold on. Well, I, all right. I'll save my last guy because you got to start talking. You got to guess who I had in mind That's I, what I, was I, gonna I have it on this piece of paper where you have it on the paper. So you already said cooch, right? So I thought cooch. Might have been the the chalky seven K guy. But I think it's is it I think it's Snedeker. It's not Snedeker. Damn it. Who is it? Who's who's this who who's the who's the sneak check play? Oh, Neesmith. Why? He checks it because he checks all the boxes, baby. <laughs> Good iron player. Over his last yeah. forty seven rounds, gained about point eight strokes per round. Check. Accurate player. Check. Right. 1.75 strokes last year. Finished T14 there. 7,000 bucks. I I think he's the type of guy who people are going to say. What do you think I, he's going to? What do you think Smith is going to be owned at? Well, because he has been he has been very he's been very good lately. I just I, I there's always a guy who everyone thinks is this under the radar guy, mm-hmm. and they sound so smart to say it. And I got sucked in too. So you know when I read that I was like ooh. I mean, look at all this red on my, uh, on my spreadsheet here. That's good, but it's giving me a little bit of co-crack vibes a little bit from last week. Okay. So it seems like it's a little, is he getting that much steep. So listen, I've literally listened or read nothing other than running my own little stats on the fantasy national shit and fucking reading your article. That well, that's the, that's the thing. I try not to look because I, I want my picks to be unbiased. I, I want the numbers to speak for themselves. And I just want to come to a conclusion. And you know what, if it ain't being chocolate, so be it. I mean, right. listen, we all use the same numbers. We all look at the same stuff anyways. Right. So he's a guy I really like this week just because all the boxes check. I'm, I'm worried that he's going to end up being that co-crack from last week, but he's a guy I really like this week. I'm a little, little worried. He's going to be a little too trendy. Oh, but you like him too. 
Oh, I do. I, I mean, uh-huh. he was a guy who popped off, and I'm like, oh, God, I think everybody's going to like him, too. Oh, I was like, oh, sweet. I can just avoid this dude then. <laughs> but you like him. No, I, I do. I do like him. Mm. All right. What do you think of Ventura? Uh, Going back. I mean, hold on. I mean, he wasn't really on my radar. Why, why don't you say why you like him first? I mean, let me pull up what I got. Why, why, so why do, I know he's why a long, like him? I know I know he's a longer hitter, but I feel like he he had good form coming into the last miscut he had, and people are going to be off of him. And at his price point, I think he's okay. All right, so hits under sixty percent of his fairways. That's not great. Uh, <laughs> not really good iron player. Not great. I mean, he's a good putter. I mean, he's got that going for him. Right. Uh, didn't play well at this event last year, but I mean, he's a different player now. I don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys under 7,300 bucks that just check a lot more boxes for me as far as like the profile player that I like, and he just didn't fit the bill for me. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to have a lot of Ventura. And honestly, I think I just, I've had so much Ventura like this fall season yeah, and you, it's been okay. Tapped out. I, I, tapped I, out. I so like, too, it's like I, I've had too much Wendy's over the last three months. I'm not eating any more fucking Wendy's. Like I'll, I'll hit the McDonald's like no more fucking Wendy's. I mean, I think Ventura is more like white castle for me. It just gives me indigestion afterwards. So uh, listen, listen, as somebody who lives in Florida, I would fucking kill a fucking white castle. Okay. But there's no white castle down here. All right. Do I didn't even that? know white castle was it. I lived in Chicago for a little bit and fucking, I was like, what is this beautiful, beautiful fucking fast food restaurant? I love me some white castle. All right. I mean, I went to the final four in Indianapolis years ago and we got white castle three in the morning. And, uh, let's, uh, let's say that didn't go very well. Cause you're well, that no. all the alcohol. Yeah, it's definitely the White Castle, not all the booze. Yeah. The um, booze is never to blame. Uh, I like Aaron Wise. Very well aware he does not fit this course, but I don't know why. He just kind of jumps out at me. Well, I mean, he's, play, he's he's playing well coming in. So, yeah. but no, he he doesn't really fit the golf course. But oh, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to more adapt to how this is. I I, I do think what he about played Straka. I mean, so he's the type of guy who he's a decent iron player, decent putter. He's fairly accurate off the tee. I mean, so there's, there's a lot of guys in this range that fit at least two of the three. Right. You know, and so, I mean, listen, there's no, there's not a whole lot of perfect players that you're going to find down here, but he's one of the guys that he does at least two of the three, three things. Well, Um, I mean, you know, he's decent iron player, good putter played horrific last year. (laughs) He lost six strokes to the field <laughs> over the course in of this tournament in this tournament. So that's, I think that's the worst number I have. Everybody. It's, it's him and cam Davis that really struggled. They were struggle buses last year. Oh, sweet. Thing. Well, that was the next guy I was going to talk about was fucking cam Davis. Um, see, so you're, so you're ignoring the driving accuracy thing. I mean, that that's like the one thing to really key on this week. And that like, if, if there's one important stat, like, listen, was I mean, driving accuracy. Same, and, was, it, was it played at the same time? Last year, yes. Was it? Yeah, it's always played in the fall. I mean, so I mean, driving accuracy—that's a little bit of a misleading stat in general, just because. Yeah. I mean, some guy could just like kind of miss a fairway by like two feet, and it's right. a miss fairway. But I mean, here where it's literally fairway and bog, so yeah. the penalty for missing the fairway is a penalty stroke. Yeah, no, so, no, I've I've played I've played Hillman. It's uh, it's it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> So it's basically just like that. I mean, just I, I under other tournaments, like I mean, a Cam Davis and an Aaron Wise at uh, Houston, 
you know, that was right up my alley. Um, <laughs> here, not so much. All right, what, all right. So, so I have a bunch of plays written down in the seven thousand because I, I literally couldn't narrow it down because, like, once again, I did three hours of research prior to this. Been busy at work, boys. Go fuck yourselves. I'll, uh, I'll update Slack. Um, the, like, like the wind from everything I've read is going to be a factor. So, like, you look at guys like Wallace and Knox and like Grio. Look at those guys. Cause like, like when I was dicking around with my model, uh, I, I was like, all right, moderate wind, Bermuda greens, like and stuff like that. And they, they kind of popped a little bit. Yeah. I mean, generally when it's windy, you want to tar- target better, you know, ball strikers and iron players. So yeah. Grio and Knox are on that list. Wallace. I don't know. I mean, it's, he hasn't been all that great when he's come over here, but I mean, he, I guess as far as raw talent, yeah, kind of fits. No, I mean, so, so a list of guys who kind of fit either two of the three of accurate players, good iron players or putters. So I'm just going to name the list. Taylor Gooch, okay. Brendan Gooch. Todd. I mean, I mean, Brendan Todd's a little guy with the injury right now. I mean, I don't really know how that's happening. Like, I guess he broke a toe. Who knows where he at? If he's healthy, I mean, he's a great play in this range. You know, Sub Strzok, like you mentioned, Austin Cook, he's a former winner here. He fits the bill. You know, Ches Reavy, accurate, good iron player. You know, he's got a little struggle putting, but I mean, he's a, he's a short knocker too. That could work. Joel Damon's another one of these guys. Cameron Tringali, uh, Griel, like we mentioned, Streelman's, you know, a type of guy like that. Fairly accurate, decent iron player. Scott Piercy. Problem with some of these guys, they can't putt worth a lick, so they're going to have to find something with that. Uh, Tyler Duncan, who uh, won me my DGN matchup last week. Thank you, Tyler, <laughs> Duncan, for yes, your service. That was, uh, and Adam Long. I mean, so, plus so, seven to plus five. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> both missed a couple of my mile, but Hey, you know what? A win, a one bet is one bet. So w is a w, baby. yeah. So like they, they at least fit a little bit of the profile of what you're looking for. They're, they're not perfect. A lot of these guys have warts, but I mean, you can ham and egg a little bit with some of these guys and, you know, get a little bit of upside just because they're, they're a good fit for here, even though they're, you know, low seven thousands, most of them. Yeah. I'm just happy Sam Burns pulled out. So now it's a, burn all my money on him. Yeah. The opposite of what you want to look for this week. Sam Burns <laughs> Ma- about makes a lot of birdies drop. though. Just, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's exactly why I always go back to him. Um, all right. So, all right. Under seven K. So you seem very confident about who you like under seven K. I struggled. I struggled. So I came up with Patrick Rogers, Doug Gim, Sabatini and Matt Jones. Those are my guys. Okay. So I got one of those on my list. There are three didn't make, although I can, I can understand the Rogers. I was so disgusted with you. Like, I, I mean, I understand the Rogers, you know, just cause he's a good putter. The ball yeah. has been okay lately. I think he didn't, he finish second Charles Howell the third, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think, I think he did. So, he's been so bad. been fading him so much, but like, I, I honestly, I didn't do a ton of digging, like 6,500 and under, but all right. All right. So my guys, uh, James Hahn, 6,900 bucks. You know, he's a good all around accurate ball striker. Got some decent putting numbers. So he's played a little better in the fall series game, about 0.86 strokes per round over his last 16 rounds. That's one of the highest marks in this range. Uh, I'm with you on Doug Gim too. He's been, you know, he struggled coming down to the PGA tour. He seems like he's found himself. He's gained 1.3 strokes per round over his last 16 shot link rounds. That's pretty good too. Uh, you know, it's not really often where you find a guy gain over a stroke per round on the field, just in his, you know, under the under seven K. Right. I mean, it's a little unfair just because he's got the Bermuda and Corrales throw in there too. And then those aren't measured, but he finished, I think T 14, the Bermuda missed the cut yeah. of Corrales. So call it, call it, a draw. call it a wash. Yeah. 
And then Brian Stewart. I mean, listen, he's an okay iron player, but all he does is just hit fairways. He's a decent putter. I mean, 6,500 blocks. I mean, I could see him surprising for a top 15 finish just out of nowhere. Kind of like how, how Brian get. How how old is Brian Stewart? I don't care. I mean, Brian. I, I'm, no, no, this is, no, this was not. A, this was not an accusation. Don't not get defensive. I was just. It was a legitimate question. Like, wait, how old is that dude? I mean, listen, we just talked about the whole old man golf. So clearly, you know, if, if, old. Do you? How you I mean, won't this, answer my question. <laughs> and this is an old man golf course. You got to hit fairways, hit greens, make the putt. You so, still don't know how to answer the question. I, I, I late thirties, is he fucking 40? I don't know with Stewart. I have no I'm idea. Sorry. I don't have strokes gained as they age on my spreadsheet. Okay. So <laughs> I'm not, I don't know that answer. You so. Excel that out and get age. All right. So, I mean, so other guys who kind of fit the bill of good iron players are accurate and they're decent putters. So your boy, Harry Higgs, you know, yeah. rocking out Stevie Nicks. Yeah, um, you know, he's had some good results lately. You know, he's okay with it. He was accurate, but he's hitting his irons a little better. He can get hot with the putter. That's a guy I like there. Uh, I mean, Martin Laird can't put a lick, but he can ball strike his way to, you know, to a top 20, you know, kind of like we did a couple weeks ago. Oh, and listen, he won the, and he won the Shriners. I mean, that was what 20 under. So I guess he can kind of do it. Um, I, I, I'm on record of saying Mark Hubbard was going to win one of these fall events and he hasn't been playing very well, but at his core, he does fit this, what this golf course looks for. He's an accurate player. He can hit his irons. Okay. He's 6,800 bucks. So this is kind of last chance to dance. I mean, it's, it's either here or the Mayakoba if he's going to get it done. So, you know, maybe you can do double it here. Down, double down on Hubbard. And if, uh, if I mean, it works quadrupling down on the Mayakoba. <laughs> I mean, I think for DraftKings, I'm, I'm definitely quintupling down on this at this point. Oh, right. um, so Lucas Glover, I mean, he's got good course history too. He's 6,800 bucks. Good ball striker. Is this was Glover the one who's uh, pretended to be kidnapped? Was that the guy? No, that's uh, oh my god, was that Glover? No, it's the Australian guy. Why yeah. am I blank? That was at the that was, off the, so- that was at the Sony all of it. Why am that's I my blank? Fault. All right, whatever. That's my fault. That's my fault. All Sorry. right. So some other guys, you know, Chesson Hadley, you got Chesson Hadley, Bryce Garnett, you got Troy Merritt down here. You got Chase Troy Seifert, Merritt. Chase Seifert, 6,200 bucks. I mean, underrated iron player. You can putt a little bit. Chris Baker, the birdie maker. I mean, he's one of the best ball. But he doesn't make birdies. That's his nickname, but he does not make fucking birdies. That's like Chris Clifford, the scratch ticket lottery millionaire maker. No, no, I don't scratch lottery tickets that make millions of dollars. No, I mean, he that, still has done bad. well. He's still been able to get to double digits under par at some of these events. He's 6,100 bucks. He's one of the cheapest options in this field. <sighs> so listen, like, I mean, there are ways you can kind of cobble around guys who kind of fit the template of what works here and then be able to pick your studs at the top and then go stars and scrubs. And I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys to choose from. I'm not saying that all these guys are perfect, but I mean, I'm, I mean, like we look at this leaderboard every single year and there's always these type of guys that end up finishing in the top 15, top 20. Yeah. So, I I mean, if you're, if you're going to stay safe and just do like a bunch of $8,000 plays, you know, like low nine, just something like that, like try to do a more balanced lineup. I think that might blow up in your face this week, just because Uh, Hey, a lot of these guys are coming off the masters. They might not really give a shit about the shit. Exactly. Exactly. And you have all these other guys who are actually at a golf course. One of the ones they probably look forward to because they're like, all right, I can actually have a shot this week and I can make money. So there's a lot of guys that fit the template of what actually works here. that are really expensive. And there's a lot of guys that fit that template too, that are really cheap. 
So I'm not saying they're all going to be perfect, but there's a lot more options down here than you might think. You just got to go digging in there to find the right attributes of what each player does and then make your selection that way. Fine. Fine. I'll agree to that. If you agree to say template, template, instead of, temp instead of template, if you could just oh, say, that's probably my Rochester accent. A if you bit. could probably just say template, template, there you go. Oh boy. <laughs> as, as I should be correcting anyone how to speak. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. So before we get into the thrive lineup, who's the big short this week for you, kid? Well, I mean, I, I, I went on a rant on him earlier. I think you're going to applaud this. I mean, it's Tommy Fleetwood. I just, yes. I, for the price, for the price you're getting on him. I just, I don't get it. So I don't, so I don't think I'll have a different take for the thrive lineup just because of what the line is set for. I just, I can't even resist it, but I mean, I don't think he's going to crack the top 40 this week. I just, I, I, I don't see it just, I mean, which is how he is, how he's been playing so far, how he did the masters. Just, I, I think yeah. it's just going to be a big regression from there. And I, I, I don't like him this week. So I, I think for the price, it's going to be a big, yes, you're perfectly fine. Don't need to explain anymore. You're fine. Right. You got it. He's trash. Just say trash. Trash. Boom. Done. All right. So before we get into our thrive lineup and into our betting, uh, listen, we got to let you know we're brought to you by Ace Perhead. Ever thought of starting your own sports book, but don't know how? Ace Perhead is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top notch customer service going 24 7 with some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. All right, so Thrive lineup. You already alluded to it, your first pick. All right, so, I mean, I know I don't like Tommy Fleetwood, but his line's at 68 and a half, so he's playing on the seaside course. It's only a par 70. Yeah, that's it. He's only got two under, so... Uh, I'll take the under if was it 90 points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, no, no, no. 110 under is 110 under is a hundred. And I had that wrong. My apologies, but I, regardless, I'll take under 68 and a half. Yeah, it's same. a very easy golf course. I, he should be able to get 60. Yeah, I hate Tommy Fleetwood. And I was like, all right, I'm still going to go ahead and take that. Just same thing for me. That, that was literally my first pick. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, so yeah. you want me to go second? Or you want to go second? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're going to have the same one too. I mean, Louis was at under 70 and a half strokes again. I mean, it's so the plantation course, and we're going to talk about this because it's going to be important for first round leader. That's his par 72. Yeah. So he just has to shoot two under. So yeah. under, you know, under 70 and a half. Yeah. All day. Same thing. We are, we are locked up. All right. What's your third? Well, I'll let you go since I did the first two. All right. Cooch over four and a half birdies. I thought you don't like Cooch. I don't like Cooch, but it doesn't mean he can't shoot six birdies and five bogeys or yeah, listen, man, listen, I think this is a golf course for him. Okay. <laughs> like I do, but four and a half, like dude, that dude can get four and a half out here. All right, we're three for three because I also said over four and a half on Eagles. And no. I mean, well, because I'm higher on him than you. Oh, I know. And this is a golf course where I think he can score and actually compete at now. So, of course, I think he's going to get at least five birdies. And yeah, I mean, that's all he really needs to do. All right. Well, my next one is Lowry under 12 and a half pies and bogeys. So he can blow up. Uh, he can blow up. He can go 500. The dude looked okay over the weekend, man. He really did. And if it's going to be windy conditions, 
then yeah, give me some of that. Give me, give me the Irishman who's used to play in open conditions and playing in the wind. Like, come on, let's go. Okay. I didn't go that direction, but I went Webb Simpson under 11 and a half pars. I mean, I just, I have a hard time thinking he's just not going to do well this week. I mean, I, he was first round leader last year. Um, he just has to get what, like, I mean, he gets six birdies and a bogey that'll get you there. So yep. that's bad points. I'll take under 11 and a half bars. That was my last pick. And uh, that was it. And, but uh, Lowry was uh, worth 125. Uh, oh, the there you go. Yeah. So a little, little risky, but yeah, Simpson, same thing. Fuck under 11 and a half. That dude, I not, I don't even think he might just shoot seven under <laughs> like he just might shoot seven under on this course. First mm-hmm. round. All right. My, my last one. I mean, I, I, I'm not high in Justin Rose this week under three and a half birdies. Like I know that's a low number for him, but I just, I think he's going to bomb out. Like I, I saw something similar to him. Like he's playing well and he went to the Wyndham and he just played like hell that yeah. Thursday. And I, I think that might happen again. I don't like where he's at. I think he's got to go on that walkabout with Jordan Spieth and kind of figure things out right now. (laughs) And look, he took the walkabout. He made a cut. He did. And then he didn't really do much over the weekend. Hey, listen, man, baby steps, man. That's what the walkabout's about. So we had four of the five same picks. We did. That's never good. No, I feel like that's really good this time. <laughs> There's no fuck up. Those, the, what we said were all locks. The four or five we agree on are locks. Locks, locks. Yeah, I, I, I did, I did have an easy time doing. It. I mean, they're probably going to be popular ones, you know, with Thrive. But I just, you got to take the points when you get them. Yeah, dude, absolutely. All right, so uh, into the betting segment. What do you want to start? You want to start with matchups? You want to go positional? What do you want to do? Let's start with matchups first. So, right. so a theme on SGP last week, the main show, uh, the big show. Was motherfucker, we are the big show for the golf. Well, for the golf, you know, the real big show. <laughs> so Kramer was he took the angle. It was wrong team favorite, and I see a bunch of matchups this week where the wrong golfer is favorite. So I'm I got three in mind. Okay, there are guys getting strokes that should not be getting strokes. They should be giving strokes. So okay. you get Matthew Fitzpatrick plus one and a half strokes over Tommy Fleetwood this week. You get Henrik Norlander plus one and a half strokes over Adam Hadlin. I mean, Hadlin seems like a type of guy who should be good for this golf course. He's actually been really bad. He's lost about a shot and a half per round on the field in 11 rounds. And Damn. I think the reason why is like, I mean, I, I'm not sure why he was bad in the past, but I can point to it just on the statue. Why he probably will be good this year. He struggled with the irons. He actually isn't putting all that good either. So, I mean, bad course history, like that's a big sample size for somebody to just lose all those strokes. So, you know, yeah. for a guy like Norlander, who's actually pretty good there, kind of checks a lot of boxes. I like them too. And then Zach Johnson's going to get seven, one and a half strokes on Dylan Fratelli this week. I'm not very high on Fratelli, a little higher in Zach Johnson. Um, you know, Zach Johnson kind of fits a little bit of the mold of what I like. So okay. I'm going to take, I'm going to take stroke and a half for the tournament against all those other golfers. And okay. I, I'm, that was a pretty easy decision for me. All right. I like it. So uh, I always took uh, two so far. Uh, Munez over Neiman. Uh, I'll, I'll take the, uh, it's minus 110, whatever. I just think he's a much better player, much better form coming in. Um, yeah. I mean, that's really, I mean, like, I feel like that kid is going to ride what he just did at the masters, like into a tournament like this, he's going to step foot on that first tee box and be like, I can win this thing. Right. Like, I don't know. This is kind of how I feel. Uh, and then kids over ZJ, uh, minus one twenty two. no strokes, just, just straight up. I can see that. I mean, they're basically the same type of players. So that right. And I just like kids a little better. Okay. 
All right. I, I feel that. So how about some positional props? So like top 10s, top 20s, like wait, what are you feeling this week? So I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. I have literally none of them yet. Literally All right. None. All right. So, I mean, so last week my free space was DJ to finish in the top 10. Like, yeah, that was a free space. And you beat yeah. me on the, you beat me on the, uh, the game show we did now because I did. Of that. I'm going to appear on Thursday because of that. I mean, you didn't know the rules. You put it on outrights. I put it on matchups and positional props. Sneaky that, that snake. Was... Typical New York. Got <laughs> yeah, just got to read the fine print, buddy. So listen, I, I mean the free space this week, I mean, depending on what book you have it at, but like he's around even, or maybe you're paying a little juice to finish in the top 10. I mean, I just, I, I think you got to bet that, you know, that's, that's a good bet. You know, Corey Connors top 10, just four to one. I mean, it really comes down to just how he puts, but four to one to finish top 10 with how good of a ball striker he is, how good of course history is. I, I'm willing to pay that a little bit too. I saw that. I, so where did you see it at four to one? I, well, Okay, never mind. All so, right, so yeah, so I like four to one. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. All right, so Kevin Kisner, top twenty at plus two twenty-five. I mean, I'm a little concerned about the form coming in, but this is a golf course that kind of suits his game. Maybe you can kickstart that. And then, I mean, I know I I knocked him earlier, but I mean, just the ball striking alone, just he always seems like he's in the mix. Just like you know, it's that one day where it kind of knocks him out. He had Doc Redman three to one in a top twenty. I mean, I, 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 he's playing really solid. I could see it this week. Oh, I mean, he's accurate. He's a good iron player. He can putt. So, yeah. I mean, if he's hit, hitting a lot of greens, then he doesn't really have to worry about the scram ones. I, I think the floor is a top 20 is reasonable three to one. And then on my column this week, there's gonna be a whole bunch of other guys in the top 20. You throw bets on a couple of guys, you know, around eight to one, 10 to one, 12 to one. I mean, you, th- this is a tournament where you can definitely throw darts and we're going to, and when we get to outrights, we're going to throw some darts, you know? Yeah. I uh, feel like this is, a, I feel like this is a dot throw for outrights. Like this oh, yeah. is, this is the week. This is like, I feel like we're going to get back to remember with the restart. Like it was like, wait, who the fuck won? <laughs> How much was he? God damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this is, I think we're back to this. I think we're back to like hundred to ones, one fifty to one. Somebody's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, I did uh, instead of positional props, I just did uh cam Davis top Aussie plus three fifty. What's his competition? So he's got Matt Jason Jones. Day. Oh, Jason Day. Day he'll be fine. I'm not worried about fucking him. Uh, and that was it. It was basically right. I looked at the and I was like, all right, Jason Day, Matt Jones. That's it. All right. There's, I mean, a, there's other I'm players. Not, I'm not I'm not that high in Cam Davis, but um I mean if it's only against Matt Jones and Jason day and a bunch of other scrubs like Tim Wilkinson or something. Yeah. Then yeah, that's, that's plus three fifty. So, and then I have M as top Asian minus minus one twenty. <laughs> I think that's pretty solid. Okay. All right. I can we see that. Jing Jang and cage Lee. Yeah. Is CT pan playing this week too? He is actually. Oh, that might be the only one I worry about. All right. So no, I like those. So, all right. You want to do the moon off special? <laughs> yeah, let's go. All let's right. Go. So I, so okay. we, we need to talk about something first and this is why I alluded to the Slack channel. So it is very important. I think if you're betting first round leader, I think you got to figure out how your book grades this because so the seaside course is a par 70, but the plantation course is a par 72. So you, there was a situation last year where technically oh. Webb Simpson was a first round leader because he shot at 65. But Cage Lee and Cameron Chingali shot 64 on the seaside course. So they shot a lower score overall for the day. But Webb Simpson was under par more. So this is this weird thing where, like, you're going to see a guy who might oh. like, not have cumulative, like, strokes. Like, he might shoot a 65 and be in the lead, but somebody goes out and shoots a 64 
over on the seaside course and he's technically here because he's had less strokes. So you probably got clarified with your book, but if it's, if it's just under par scoring, you definitely want to target the plantation course because the par 72, oh, it just, it God. just easy. It's just easier to get under par there. Cause both golf courses are pretty easy. What? So listen, first of all, what a public surface announcement. Like I definitely never would have picked that up. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, this is the only golf course I've seen where like both the pars are different on both golf courses. And I remember last year that uh, Webb was leading, but he shot 65 technically cage Lee and Cameron Changali were the first out leaders. So I think with your book, maybe shoot a little message and see how they're grading it. Is it yeah. strokes for the day? Is it just when the PGA tour shows that big leaderboard and shows Webb since <laughs> minus seven, is that it? So if it's, if it's just under par, there's a, I got a list of guys who are playing a plantation course. Cause that's, I mean, they toughened up a little bit of the redesign, but par 72, there's still a lot of breeze out there. It's just, you know, you're more under par if you shoot a 67 there than if you do a 67 at the seaside course. So right. Russell Henley's 28 to one Joaquin Neiman's playing over there. He's 40 to one Kisner's 50 to one doc Redmond's 55 to one Harmon's 55 to one Mackenzie Hughes, 55 to one good Potter. He's playing the plantation course. Taylor Gooch, 60 to one. JT Poston, a very popular pick for first round leader, always 66 to one. Kuchar, 70 to one, if you think you can light some fire there. And then Matthew Neesmith, 80 to one. Scott Stallings, 100 to one. Chesson Hadley, 125 to one. So all those guys are playing the plantation course. All those guys are playing up par 72. I mean, if they shoot a 66, they're going to have a lower under par store than someone else over the seaside course. Well, holy fuck, all mine have blown up. Like, uh, you didn't say a single person. That I have. I mean, so, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I mean, listen. Someone could go on the seaside course. It's, it's a, it's not a difficult course either. It just, yeah, they yeah have, but, but they have more to do. Like a seven under. Yeah, yeah. Plantation no, is 65. No, a seven under a seaside is 63. Because I had Connors, Straka, Sabatini, and Jones, mm. and they're all playing. I think they're all on the seaside. <laughs> this is all info that would be useful. Yes. So prior, prior. So that. clarify with your book if you can. Maybe shoot them a little message. Just say how they grade it and go from there. Oh my God! Seriously, that that uh, dude. I bet you that that saved me money. I promise you that. You saved me money. So I imagine you saved everybody else money too. Because I wouldn't even have thought about it. I I literally never would even have thought about it. <laughs> yeah, and listen, they could blow up in your face, but it's it is it that is a definite lean. <laughs> the oh fact yeah. That the, the guys are playing at par seventy two. Yeah. That. That's that's brilliant, sir. That's brilliant. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, all right, so outrights for outrights. All right, I mean, so there's a group of safe bets of guys I already like, you know, towards top. You know, your Hattons, your Henleys, Harris English, Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson. I mean, all those guys fit the template of a player I like. Those guys are under fifty to one. I talked about them at length, but I mean, like we mentioned, there's some guys you could you got to throw darts this week. I mean, we've seen you know we've seen our Charles Howells and Webb you know and Webb Simpsons do well here, but we also get our fair share of Tyler Duncan's and Austin Cooks, guys who just complete long shots of winning. So, so JT Poston's ninety to one, which is surprising considering uh, you're you're on mute, sir. You're on mute. How'd you know I was on mute? Cause because I it has, fist and I was yelling at you. Yes. You're yelling at me. Well, yeah. Why are you taunting me about posting? You are literally like last week. I, 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 I why, why are you doing this to me? I literally, <laughs> literally did I literally taunted him last week. And now you're like, 
this guy's got a shot because this Ugh. is now a golf course for him. It's Bermuda greens. You got to be accurate and it's going to be low scores. I mean, that's, that's where you usually want to target them. So, I mean, he's 90, he's 90 to one. I mean, that's a reasonable <laughs> price. You know, James Hahn, the guy is a guy I really like this week. He's been kind of in the mix a little bit this fall series. He's a hundred to one. Uh, my trendy little sleeper pick, Matthew Neesmith, 110 to one. He's played pretty well lately. You know, he's a little up and down with a putter, but at the Bermuda course he played recently, he putted pretty well. So there might be some there. Uh, Henrik Norland is 110 to one. I mean, he's been right there contending for a win. I think he lost in a playoff like a couple of years ago. Um, you know, that's a reasonable price. Harry Higgs, 110 to one. You know, he's always a crowd favorite. You know, he's been kind of in the mix lately. Doug Gibbs, 125 to one. I don't know if he's ready to win, but I like what I see on paper. And it's 125 to one. It's just a dart throw. Uh, a couple others. I mean, my Mark Hubbard, I said he was going to win a fall series events at some point. He's 175 <laughs> to one. And then Let's short go. knocker, short knocker, Brian Stewart, 225 to one. Okay. All right. So I like the Gim. Uh, I like Higgs. Uh, wait, who was the who's the last one you just said? Uh, Hubbard. Hubbard. I'm just going to get on. I'm going to get on Hubbard with you. I just want to ride it just in case it hits. Uh, we we <laughs> got to get him on the, we got to get him on the podcast if you win. <laughs> yeah, man. I told you I'm trying to figure out, figure out, uh, we're, uh, somehow, uh, media and maybe we get some PGA guys on here, at least down at the players. Cause the headquarters is literally like 10 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're building a new one. Although, I mean, I, I on the PGA tour so much. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe I might get blacklisted from that interview. Well, you'll be fine. <laughs> All right, we'll scrub. Nope. We'll, we'll scrub. We'll scrub my takes. <laughs> exactly. we'll scrub your take. Yeah. We'll get rid of my um, rant about the tour championship before we have those guys on. Nah, I'm pretty sure most guys who play golf agree with your take. Um, so I like kids at 41. Uh, I like Davis, even though I hate him again. Hard one. Grio at 125 to one. And I like Muniz at 35 to one, man. Like, I don't know. I've, I have a feeling about Muniz this week, man. Like, I feel like he, like, I don't know. It, this is dumb. There's, there's no reason for it other than he just built some confidence playing great at the Masters, coming to a field like this and stepping foot in that box and be like, I can do this. You're not worried about that shaky Sunday. Nope. Nope. All not, right. Not at all. All right. Just diving right in with him again. Let's diving go. right in two feet first, baby. <laughs> so I guess uh, we're both. What about Luke list? Why? I don't know. What is with you at Luke list and golf courses that don't fit him? I don't know. You always <laughs> mention him in places where like it's accuracy matters and bombers are neutralized. You always mention Luke list. I have no idea. Maybe because maybe because I see his price at, at on DK, and I'm like, oh, what's a value? But in do reality, you know many, value. do you know how many strokes he loses per round with his putter in the last 50 rounds? Sure, you're about to fucking tell me. Point seven six per round. That's a lot. That's that is a lot. That's a lot. That's Keegan Bradley bad. Hey, hey, you keep Keegs out of your mouth. That's All my. Right, I'm sorry. He he was down there in the my when I sorted my putting list. He was down there with him. I had to mention him. You're still doing the same thing to get the <laughs> all right, man. So I guess that's it, right? Fucking, uh, we got everything done. Uh, we finished up a long fucking masses week, man. We put out a ton of podcasts, ton of content for you guys. We even did a YouTube thing. Uh, and Steve beat me because I didn't know the rules. He did say that. I just bet outright. I had no idea what was going on. The, <laughs> the, uh, but listen, uh, we listen, uh, rate, and review and listen, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, golf is 
around for another week. We're going to get a little break. We'll give you some future bets after that. But, I mean, listen, man, uh, it's still a good time to make money. Follow me on Twitter, Boston Capper, and uh, follow us on uh, Golf Gambling Podcast, man. That's it. Let's go. Let's screen's green. Let's go.